You're listening to Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas. Welcome back. Joining us all the way from Cape Town is Hazel Friedman. She is the producer of Special Assignment, and she's going to be chatting to us today about her upcoming documentary on Special Assignment. It's coming Sunday called Bitter Harvest. And this has been an ongoing investigation into alleged corruption um, by the, the, the state-owned farms, which have been really, really, really taken advantage of the entire process by foreign-owned companies, local companies, government officials, etc. And, of course, who gets left? The most vulnerable. Who suffers the most? The weakest of the weak. So, Hazel, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Chad. It's always good to be with you. Hazel, firstly, before we get into this, how are the fires down in Cape Town? The fires are just... Well, the one, the most recent one on Lion's Head is now under control, but we're just reaping the the aftermath of this devastation that afflicted Betty's Bay, Pringles Bay. Um, it's just been absolutely devastating. You know, not not uh, thank God, not many lives were lost, but property destroyed um, and and lives destroyed. Now, Hazel, the, the Western Cape seems to suffer fires. Um, I don't know if it's seasonal, but it but it stretches all the way up the garden route, etc. Um, the last one in Betty's Bay, somebody was arrested. There was arson. Is there any talk about perhaps this fire on Lion's Head um, being deliberately set? We're trying to get answers on that one. Uh, we're not sure because Lion's Head was actually closed off. Was supposed to be closed off until February for maintenance. So, however, that fire was set. Look, you know, obviously in summer we're beset by. Very, very, very strong southeasters, um, which can spread a fire like wildfire, and especially when you've got an environment that also has alien vegetation and actually turns fire into missiles. You know, every 10 years, the Fainbos, for example, around Betty's Bay should burn, but it's, that should be through a controlled process. But with the southeaster and alien vegetation, plus the added possibility of arson, these fires are absolutely out of control. And then in winter, you've got another problem, and that's with um, lower-income households, particularly in informal settlements on the periphery of the town, not having access to, to electricity and using flammable materials. Um, that's also when you've got uh, um, the very great dangers of fires absolutely raising entire communities as what happened in, in Hart Bay. So it's an ongoing, it's not seasonal, it's throughout the year for different reasons. Well, Hazel, our thoughts are, are obviously with everybody in Cape Town and obviously our thoughts are with those, fi- those, those firefighters who are very bravely fighting those fires. And let's hope there's an end in sight because if we just get over the, the fires in the garden route we hear of the fires in Betty's Bay. We just get over that and now we've got fires so close to the city, it's unbelievable. But let's, it's, un- yes. it's unrelenting and you're right. I mean, the bravery of the firefighters is just, is just, it's just remarkable. Um, they're unstoppable, and they're dealing with such challenges, um, you know, that are, that are too numerous to mention at the moment. Um, great to have you back on the show. The last time we chatted was regarding the four-part series on special assignment regarding the serial fraudster Tracy Morrison. And then before that, you were on the show and we chatted about um, something very similar to what we're going to talk about today, and that was the whole land claim um, reform program. But this is a very interesting topic. Tell us what we're going to what we're going to see on Sunday night on special assignment, and tell us what your investigation has revealed. Well, as I said. 
And as you mentioned, um, this has been part of an ongoing investigation into what we call elite capture of land reform. And what we're discovering by focusing on what seems to be a very small farm, I mean, it's a farm of 39 hectares, but it's become a microcosm of a much greater problem. And that is with agribusinesses who have allegedly dubious agendas, cashing in on land reform in collusion with corrupt government officials. So when we talk about elite capture of land reform, we're not talking about a specific family like the Guptas, for example, but we're talking about a corporate family who manages to operate through a labyrinth of subsidiaries. So traceability ownership is very difficult to actually sort of get hold of. But you are wiping up land reform in this country and at, at the expense of the people for whom it is designated, namely emerging farmers um, um, and people who want to make the success of farming. And what we found, unfortunately, is that currently the biggest perpetrator of land scams and frauds is none other than the state itself. Now, this particular case study you've done is a farm in, in the Hex River Valley in the Western Cape. And we know that this has been a trouble spot for a number of years. There's been a lot of social unrest. There's been a lot of uh, service delivery protests taking place, etc. Do you think this ties in to, to what your documentary uncovers in terms of the fact that these, these locals don't believe that they are getting what they were promised from government? Well, it's very interesting that you raise the dynamics around the Hex River Valley and the farm workers' strikes of 2012-2013 because it was none other than the agribusiness that we're investigating now who actually was the cause of the farm workers' strikes. They were operating a farm called Kirbush Kloof. Um, the farm owner had died. They went onto the farm and immediately cut the wages of the workers, halved the workforce by... And, and made most of the many of the permanent workers temporary workers, and this caused a major outcry on the farm, which ultimately spread to other farms. Uh, so it's been the Hex River Valley has been a hotbed of of dissent and conflict. Um, but we don't touch on that aspect of it in this story. I have mentioned what happened in Kirbush Cliff before. Now we're just looking at the fact that a diamond forensic. Um, investigation revealed that the agribusinesses involved were corrupt and that they needed to be investigated for criminal activity and to return millions that they'd taken from the farm. What they did instead was they just exited the farm, paid, didn't pay bills for electricity and water, and literally left the farm in darkness. What was once a flourishing, beautiful grape farm has been reduced to absolute ruins. And the Department of Rural Development has done nothing to try and, and deal with the situation. It's sad that it's always the weakest of society, the most vulnerable, that seems to suffer, suffer as a result of capture. And what, what I'm finding with, with regards to the PRC inquiry, with regards to the state capture inquiry, and thanks to journalists such as yourself and others that are exposing this, is people are now realizing the extent of capture and that it wasn't limited to the Guptas. Everybody had Gupta on their mind, and it, it was quite bizarre for me because people don't seem to realize that corruption and capture has become endemic. And one needs a symbiotic relationship between the private and public um, sector for this to happen. What do you think is going to happen 
after this this documentary is aired and what is your hope for the community that have been affected in the Hex River Valley? Well, the, communi- the community that I'm focusing on is a, is a cooperative called the Big Five. And in a sense, they are more empowered than many of the other beneficiaries or so-called beneficiaries of land reform because they are highly educated, they are eloquent, and they refuse to succumb to the dictates of officials in the department who wanted them to take on board this allegedly corrupt agribusiness. So they've stood their ground. They've been punished for it by the department. They've just been abandoned. But they are actually going to take the litigation route and take the department and the um, alleged corrupt agribusinesses to court. What I'm hoping that comes out of this is that the Special Investigation Unit, which has already um, looked into the goings-on at Nirvanda and other farms managed by this agribusiness, that they actually start, they actually lay charges against the companies um, who are the perpetrators of this corruption, and that it serves as a warning to other agribusinesses that they cannot come and take advantage of government's largesse and just basically perpetrate land grabs. And by, by the same turn, government officials who are implicated, in fact, right up along the, the, the chain of the Department of Rural Development, need to be brought into account. Because it's one thing to have commissions of inquiries and, and investigations, but if there's no outcome, no punitive outcome, it's absolutely a waste of time. Hazel, just remind our viewers um, what time, what channel this Sunday they can watch the um, documentary? It's going to be this Sunday at half past nine on SABC3 and on Channel 404 at the same time. Hazel Friedman, it's always a pleasure chatting to you. Good luck. I hope everything in Cape Town of the fires is all right. And don't forget our usual visit when you're back in Johannesburg. Absolutely, will do. Thank you so much, Chad. Thank you, Hazel.